welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the She Talks Health podcast. This is your host, Sophie Shepard, founder of She Talks Health, and I am so lit up to talk to Dr. Jennifer Rowlands today. She, I think, is the third or fourth board-certified OBGYN and Integrative Medicine Fellow to be on this show. I just love when we get to collaborate with doctors. She is the founder of Well Woman MD, a company that aims to provide an integrative approach to women's health and fertility that incorporates nutrition and lifestyle as part of the treatment. And she believes that we cannot treat disease without knowing a patient's biochemistry, activity, and nutrition level. Dr. Rollins teaches women how to balance their hormones naturally without dieting, we love that, (laughs) or restrictions through online courses and group coaching programs. And she specializes in women with PCOS. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rollins. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited, like just so, so excited. I know you're good friends with Dr. Felice Gersh and she's been on the show and she's been such an instrumental part of helping women with PCOS. And I just love that you are paving the way for women to integrate medicine and nutrition and lifestyle into healing their PCOS or supporting their PCOS. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear just a little bit more about your story, um, more than just what's on the paper. How did you end up becoming a board certified OBGYN? And then how did you end up integrating with more integrative medicine into your practice? So for the last 14 years, I've been working as a private practice OBGYN in a small office in Missouri. And for the 10 years of that, about 10 years ago, I had difficulty getting pregnant with my second son. My first child was super easy, no problems. And so I went to go have my second child and to get pregnant. And unfortunately, I, it wasn't easy. I, for some reason, I couldn't get pregnant. I was really struggling. And obviously, I'm an OBGYN, so I know <laughs> the dynamics of what I need to do. And I had seen a fellow OBGYN of mine in my office. And she said, well, your labs look normal. Everything's fine. It's just, you know, patience, just be patient. And so six months later, I was getting a little impatient (laughs) to myself. There's no way something is right with me because 
it's not working. Like, what is the deal? And so I kind of forced the issue to get more extensive lab work and found out I had PCOS and no one would diagnose me because they said, well, you're skinny, so you can't have PCOS. Like it's not possible. Oh my gosh. Can we just get rid of that narrative? That's so untrue. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I also at the time said, okay, well now what are we going to do about this and how am I going to get pregnant? And so the option for the doctor was, well, you need to gain 10 pounds and be closer to your ideal body weight and then keep being patient. And I was just like, there's no way that Ben and Jerry's is my solution. Like, it's just like, I can't think that Ben and Jerry's is like the answer to my problems. And so I kind of forced the hand too, to figure out, I need more blood work. Like I know my labs are normal, but there's probably something funny about this. I just think that there's something funny. So I ended up having them do thyroid antibody labs on me and my thyroid antibody labs were in the thousands, Oh no! which is really off the charts. Yeah. But my TSH, which is the normal screen that every traditional doctor does was normal. Mm. And so the fertility doctor that I said was like, oh, okay, well, we need to put you on Synthroid and we need to do this. And so unfortunately for me, I was kind of like, oh man, I just wasted 18 months of my life on figuring this out. But I had to advocate for myself to figure out what is going on. There's something not right. Like it shouldn't be this hard to get pregnant. I just have to pause for one second because you're the second doctor to, I think, be on the show or that I've spoken to recently to have had this experience that we all have had, uh, I have Hashimoto's that that we've all had, that you still weren't A, being listened to, getting the right labs, still having to advocate for yourself, still having to push. Like, it's amazing to me to hear that from you. I'm really like dumbfounded. I didn't mean to interrupt, but like, wow. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was able to conceive my second son and afterwards I was not on the birth control pill and I was just miserable. I figured out what PCOS really was (laughs) because I finally was off of birth control and had the irregular cycles and the hair loss and the fatigue and combined with Hashimoto's, I was just miserable. And I was on Synthroid and doing all the medications that I was supposed to, and I still was miserable. And so it made me even kind of go, okay, now I got to figure out what is the deal? Because patients used to say that to me. Patients used to say to me, there has to be something, Dr. Rollins, there has to be something. And I would be like, ah, I, I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't, you know, I don't know. And so I found myself on the other side saying, oh my God, like, crap, I got to find this answer out because I've said this to so many people. And now here I am in this sort of situation. So I ended up learning about, I took Institute of Integrative Nutrition courses. I took Institute of Functional Medicine courses. I started taking all these courses. I started looking, I was scouring the literature. I was like on uh, the poor librarian in the hospital was like, this woman needs to go away. No one ever comes in here. And I was in there trying to like research all of the information to figure out what is wrong with me and really learned that, you know, we didn't learn anything in medical school about nutrition. We don't know anything about micronutrients and how important vitamins and minerals are to your health, as well as your medications. We learned none of that in medical school. Mm. So it really kind of forced me to clean up my life and figure out how I could do things without being on. Because I found myself one day going, oh my God, I'm on Zoloft for anxiety and depression. I'm on Ambien to sleep. I'm on birth control to fix my PCOS. I'm spending a crap load of money on all these supplements for my hair. Like, this is insane. Insane. (laughs) And also just going back birth control to fix your PCOS is just crazy how we think that that's going to fix it. And it's like, that's not the solution. So I'm, wow, I'm so, I'm sorry all of this happened to you, but I'm also really 
grateful in a way because you get to pave a way for all your future patients and all the people listening to this podcast and your podcast. And it's just like so beautiful that you've, you got to become the patient and see what it's like and then be able to work through it. Yeah. And it's transformed the way that I see things from a medical perspective. I'm very much, you know, traditionally trained conventional. I do not ignore science. I love science. We love and science. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I keep that same background, but I combine it with holistic science-backed options. And so together that's integrative medicine. That's what it is. It's giving patient choice. That's the difference between conventional and integrative to me is choice. I'm not going to tell you what you should do. Here are five choices. You pick what works for you mm -hmm. and they're all fine for you. You just need to pick what works. That's like a core principle of what I teach at She Talks Health is because a lot of women will come in and say like, hey, can you just tell me what to eat? Or can you tell me this? Or can you, I'm like, okay, how about we get back to the place where you intuitively know what's good? I'll give you the science behind why I think maybe gluten-free is not a great option for you, or maybe dairy is messing with your skin or whatever it is. But like, then you get to choose, like, can we please give that authority back to women where they get to choose? Do they get to choose if they want to be on birth control? They get to choose if they want natural family planning. They get to choose what food they put into their body with all of the education and empowerment to make the best choice for their individual body. I love that idea about like your definition of integrative medicine because it's different depending on who you talk to. Yeah, it's about them making the choice because ultimately in the end of the day, you're the one, the patient is the one that has to eat the way that they want to eat. They have so many more dynamics and that's the broken part of medicine, I think, is that we don't have the time to really understand the patient and their needs because we have 15 minutes. I practiced long enough to know 15 minutes is not enough time because I had a great example of a patient. I was talking to her about weight loss. I had this great spiel. I was going like, oh, we're doing this. We're doing this. It's great. I had this whole plan. And after our 30 minutes, she goes, you asked me to eat fish or you think I should eat fish, but I've never bought fish in my life. She's 55 years old. And I was like, oh my God. Like I never once in this conversation asked, have you ever bought fish or do you know how to buy fish in a store? Because you know, she heard everything I said and I'd given this plan. And I thought to myself, like, it was empowering to me to go, oh my gosh, like step back. I never even asked her, does she, has she ever bought fish in a grocery store? Where is she, you know, does she know different types of fishes? Like I didn't even ask that question. And so wow. it really kind of was a pivotal moment for me to say, we don't do enough listening. We do so much more in medicine about, you said this word, I'm going to give you these five things to do. Here's a, here's a perfect example of someone that's is willing to do what I, what I'm talking about, but she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or how to, how to do it. And I think, you know, that's, that's so interesting. You should bring that up. And I think that's one of the reasons I have loved collaborating with Dr. Gersh is because even as an integrative doctor, she still has such limited time. And so what it's really cool when we get to work on a client together, a patient together, because she might say like, yeah, I want you to eat more fish. And then the, the person's like, how do I do that? And I'm like, here's some meal ideas. And like, here's what to look for in the grocery store. And like, why don't you just try one new fish a week or one new recipe a week? And then it's breaking that bigger thing into smaller pieces. And I think that's a beautiful way that integrative doctors and, and functional health coaches get to collaborate and work with somebody who might be like, wait, you're telling me to change all these things. And I don't even understand what you're saying. And yeah, and it's, it's, so, it's so interesting because I think I've 
I've had this conversation, gosh, a hundred times now about like the 15 minute doctor thing. And it's like, man, you guys are not set up for success to help your patients with 15 minutes. How could you possibly be able to help in a deeper way, like with that amount of time, but then that's how the system is set up. Yeah. In an ideal world and, and hopefully with people like us who are in this, who are trying to reinvent women's health, that's what I see exactly as a integrative women's health practice where the doctor can, with the knowledge, set out a plan and have a health coach that can then help someone walk them through the plan, have someone who's an exercise, you know, whether or not it's a personal trainer or whoever, yoga, whatever it is, the patient has all of these things in one and they can see all of these options together. So it's a collaborative team to say, here, here's the plan. She's going to help you step-by-step execute the plan. And this person is going to help you incorporate activity. And this person is going to help you with mindset. So it would be wonderful. I, I hope that this is the future for myself as well as Dr. Gersh, as well as the other integrative GYNs. That's how we're going to reinvent healthcare is we're going to be able to do it by working as a team. I mean, women are freaking strong. Like they're, amazing. they're awesome. <laughs> That's the glory of being women in women's health is that we don't care about working together. We're like, bring it on sister. Let's do it. <laughs> I love that so much. And yeah, I completely agree. I think five months ago, I just, I launched my newest offering, which is the She Health Experience. And I say experience for a very specific reason, because it's not just a program or a course. It's a true fully integrated experience. And so it's not just me because I had to look at, well, I would have a client with PCOS or thyroid or mold or IBS and they would get better. Like physically they would feel better, but around month three or four, they would hit a wall where if they didn't do the inner work of boundary setting, kind of diving into their self-love and their self-care and worthiness and feminine embodiment and all these things like dealing with their trauma if they didn't deal with that there was a block Mm -hmm. to how far they could go so now we have all of those practitioners and healers inside the experience for that whole well woman transformation and i think you're right it's like we got it we have to reinvent the wheel here about how we support women with their hormones because it's multifaceted and it takes more than just one person it takes a team. And when you have a team, a healthcare team in your back pocket, you feel so supported. And then it feels so much easier to make changes. Exactly. So let's talk about PCOS since that's such a huge part of your story. Uh, we both are uh, hypothyroid uh, warriors, Hashimoto's warriors, and I can I definitely understand how that feels in the body. But let's talk about PCOS because it's been a while since we've had someone on talking about this. So when you started to go down this path and do all your research, what did you find was some natural ways that you could support your PCOS based on the science that you were reading? The approach should never be about weight loss. It shouldn't be about focusing on weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. It's about trying to figure out the bigger picture of what is actually driving someone's PCOS. I think where traditional medicine goes wrong is they put everybody in a box that's exactly the same. There are different types of PCOS. Now, whether or not you use the word types or phenotypes or drivers or whatever word, it doesn't matter. It's that there are different components to people's life that makes their symptoms worse. So if someone is overweight and has terrible blood glucose control, they have a difficulty with losing weight, they have issues with, they're really maybe very close to diabetic on their lab work, 
then their kind of approach to how we have to work with reversing their PCOS is very different than someone who is a lean PCOS patient who has hypothyroidism, who might have other issues like where they don't ovulate because of their hypothalamus. Like it's a very different type of PCOS than someone that first case. So it's a matter, I think the approach is really figuring out, you know, what is it driving your issue? Or it could be the third type, which is like inflammation where someone is just a hot mess, stressed out. They have a high pressure job. They stay up till two o'clock in the morning. They drink 17 cups of coffee. Like there's all different types. And so it's not, I think the the most important thing I found out, and I know that with clients is that you and patients is that you have to figure out what is actually driving their symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then the other important part is what is someone's goal? We rarely ask someone, what is it that is bothering you? Why do you want to even look at reversing your PCOS? I'm shocked sometimes when I ask people and it's like, they may be 50 pounds overweight, but they don't want to lose weight. Their, their goal is say sleeping or their goal is libido or their goal is different things. And so what is the goal? Because where you make a plan is really dependent on kind of what's driving their problem and what is their goal? What do, what do they want to fix or what do they want to change? And I think we don't often ask that enough. And that's really, really important for trying to help someone holistically treat their symptoms because where are we starting from and where do we want to go? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I actually have like this goals sheet that we set up at the first time when someone comes in, because I think it's really important as a practitioner to be on the same page. I'm seeing all this list of symptoms in your, your health history, but like, what do you want in six months when we're done with this program or this experience, where would you like to be? Like, let's come from that perspective. I love that you said that because you're right. We, a lot of times we just don't even ask. We're just like making an assumption and that's a really good thing. So I feel like for listeners too, that's a great question to ask yourself. What is your goal? Where would you like to be in six months to a year from now with your PCOS or with your symptoms? You know, like your libido is up and you want to have sex with your partner or go out on a date, or maybe you just want to be able to sleep through the night. I mean, those are huge value adds to someone's life. You know, I love that. Okay. So, so basically you're saying, what is the goal? let's figure out how to to get to that goal. And then by doing that, we're figuring out what's driving it. Is it inflammatory PCOS? Is it post-pill PCOS? Is it adrenal? What's causing this to be such an issue for for the woman? Yeah. And that part takes time. That part is diving into someone's life and looking at a lot of different aspects of their life. Um, Not just what they eat, but what do they put on their body? What kind of products do they use? Do they exercise? Do they stress out? Do they have, how are their relationships with other people? That part is a lot more complicated, but you don't want to work with a patient or a client and spend an hour talking about their relationships and like what they care about is how do I feed four children in my house? Like, you know, like we have to sort of understand what are the drivers first of what are we trying to fix and then focus on what kind of things do we need to talk about related to that? Because there's so many different aspects to how someone chooses what they do to help their health be better. And so I can't make those determinations for someone else. It's part of their belief values and and what's going on. Yeah. And it all goes back to that choice again. What is, what are their beliefs and how can we meet the person where they're at and help guide them through? I love this. Okay. So yeah. So really digging into that lifestyle, exercise, stress, relationships, food, I guess another part, since you are a doctor, like when someone comes in and you're not sure exactly where it is starting from, do you typically start with those questions or do you run like a set of lab work, like looking at their 
their adrenals or looking at, you know, different parts. Like how do you start to kind of address it from a scientific perspective of like what kind of PCOS or phenotype or what's their driver, or is it just based off of these conversations? So I kind of have a protocol that I use. I call it the thrive protocol or, or framework. And so T for thrive is taking note. So that's where we kind of go through and we talk about what are your goals? What are your symptoms? What do you want to fix? What is going like, what is the objective of our conversation to try to figure out where do you want to go from here? And part of that can include suggesting blood work. So I don't take the approach of just labbing everybody because I just don't, first of all, I don't like people wasting my money. So I don't want people to be wasted by money. And I feel like, unfortunately, since a lot of these are not FDA approved labs, they can be really expensive. And so I, the T, the take note is, and is to pay attention first. Let's talk about what it is actually that they need to do. So if someone comes to me and they already have a diagnosis of PCOS and they say, God, I am freaking exhausted. I can't get out of bed. I'm drinking coffee all day. I can't go to sleep. I, so then I'm thinking to myself, well, have you ever looked at thyroid? Have you ever looked at your cortisol levels? So I'm kind of looking at, okay, here, if you want to take a deeper dive, this is, these are the things that we suggest. And because I'm integrated medicine trained, I can also do traditional labs that run through your insurance, or we can do functional medicine labs. Like we can do either one because I, I have access to do both. But I usually wait until I talk to this person, go through their history, figure out their goals, and then decide if do they need further lab work. And it's their, again, their choice. Do they want to take a deeper dive or not? Oh, we love this. We are so aligned. This is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) About habits. So trying to look at the habits that they have. Let's talk about what are the challenges with your habits. So sometimes I find when I talk to patients, they'll say, well, I do great at work, breakfast and lunch, man, but I get home at dinner and all things go out of the window because with four kids, I'm snacking the whole time I'm cooking and then the kids want to eat Oreos and I'm really struggling. So the habits, H habits, what are the things that are the challenges for you? Are you someone who never eats all day and you eat dinner? Are you someone who eats breakfast and never eats the rest of the day? Like, what are the habits that we need to look at and address and figure out that we can find that are going to be the obstacles for getting better? And then R is rewiring your brain about these things, rewiring the way that you think about your health. Because I think sometimes when you, the way I did it in, in traditional setting is I would give someone like a plan of here's 10 things and okay, hope it all works out. Well, most people don't do 10 things. They do one or two. And so once they sort of rewire it and give themselves grace to know it's okay that I'm not going to do 10 things because let's be realistic. It's not going to happen. Let's talk about what's okay for me and what I can do and be okay with the small changes that I make. So rewiring the way that you think. I is incorporating all the things we talked about into your life, into your specific circumstance. How can we take what we just learned and the habits and the things we want to change and put them into your specific world to make them work? V is celebrating the victories. And then E is empowering other people because I would love you to graduate from me. (laughs) And I would love you to go find the next PCOS lady and say, hey, this Dr. Rollins chick might know something. Why don't you (laughs) try to try to do this and teach other people? Because we're not going to change the way that we think about PCOS until we each teach each other things. Because that's what my podcast, Ignite Your Power podcast is about. It's about women teaching women. It's about women teaching women is the most powerful force in the universe. It is. So why not tell people what you know? And that's, you know, that's what I do on my podcast is I interview badass female entrepreneurs 
and the health and wellness space so that they can bring out the information to other people. Because I, I don't want to keep the secrets to myself anymore. I did that for 10 years in private practice. I just didn't do anything much with it. And now I'm like, it's time to do this. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Like literally tears are coming out of my eyes. I mean, wow, because this, I mean, I never really thought about the note T-H-R-I-V-E, but that's exactly it. I mean, that is exactly it. I want to go back into the habits and also the rewiring and giving yourself grace. Oh my gosh. And that's kind of what I was talking about too with the women would get to that three or four month mark and without realizing it, they were going down that perfectionism route and the over-functioning route. And it's like, we have to dial it back. We've been living in this go, 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 like push ourselves to the brink world for 2000 years. I mean, that's like where we've been. And it's, it's now time I'm seeing it everywhere that the feminine is really coming forward. And what I mean by that is like actually giving yourself grace downtime, embracing your, your love for yourself and flow and not having everything scheduled out to the T and everything's going to go this way and trying to overly structure everything. And I find that the women who can really step into that R and rewire their health, that's where they get to have this for a lifetime. And it's not just about the diet, right? <laughs> or whatever, um, the habit that they're trying to change. I, I just love that. And then, yeah, of course we have to celebrate our victories. I spend a lot of money on my own self-development. I'm in two masterminds. Like I, I work on myself. It's interesting to see that in my practice, like I always, every Friday, we're like, what are your wins? You know, how did this week go? Like, even if it's just, I got out of bed every day, you know, something small. And it's so fascinating how women don't want to share their wins and their victories at first because they're afraid of either it's not true, it's not, it's not going to stay true, or I'm going to upset somebody else and I don't want to take up space. So I love that V is in there because we have to celebrate our victories. We have to celebrate our wins. And then, yeah, like, I hope you're not a client for life. I hope you just graduate and then you get to share it with other people. Like, yes, I love this. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think all women, I mean, even if you're a girl, right at 10, like, or 44, like me, like you like the victories, like you're, you know, you're like, I'll put the TR on, why not? Like, let's do it. Like, so yeah. I think it's, it's, it's empowering to, to celebrate, even if it's something that you perceive as small is probably huge to somebody else. And so if you don't celebrate those, then you'll sort of not realize how far you came. You, it's very easy to forget like how far you, you go and how far you come without celebrating those things. You sort of forget. So I think it's really important to, to do that. And so, yeah, that's what I try to do with my one-on-one clients and future one-on-one patients in uh, next month and um, do that. I've been doing group coaching, which has been great, but I definitely like to sort of do that. I love it. It's so great. So I want to leave listeners with a couple of um, ideas if they are looking at, well, what are some things I could focus on? I know you speak a lot about circadian rhythm, timed eating, and balancing your blood sugar without dieting. I know you're you're very much like dieting is not the right approach, you know, like let's get away from that. So, you know, say someone is dealing though with like massive blood sugar imbalances. How does a woman start to approach this? Like what are some ideas you found maybe helpful around sleep and food um, and, and timed eating that you talk about so much in your, on your platform? Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of dieting because I think when you start restricting things, it's bad for your PCOS because naturally PCOS women have craving issues. They, their insulin resistance causes them to have craving issues. So if someone told me, 
you can eat sugar-free for the next three weeks, the first, I'm going to constantly be thinking about Reese's Pieces. It's going to happen because that's, you're fighting this sort of innate problem with sugar cravings to begin with because of insulin resistance. And then I'm telling myself, I can't ever eat it. And it's like, well, I mean, my brain says I want it even more now that you tell me I can't have it. Now, if something works, if someone's on a keto diet and they think it's the best thing since peanut butter and jelly, great stick with sure. it. But that's again, it's because it's their choice and it's yes. working for their body. <laughs> yes. Yes. But if we're talking about someone who needs help, then I always am of a plan, you know, an anti-inflammatory diet is a very generic diet. It's not saying that you have to be paleo or it's not saying you have to be, it's gluten-free, dairy-free. Like it's just having a nutrition plan that really is decreasing your inflammation balancing your blood sugars, and overall just a guideline for what to eat. So I have a freebie actually on my website that's called PCOS Nutrition Plan. And what it is, is it tells people, let's look at each, each meal and say, let's look at our plate and try to build a balanced plate. So every time you sit down, you should try to think, how can I balance this? It's okay to have a waffle, but then with your waffle, we need to put some peanut butter on it. We need to think about nuts. We need to like add protein. We need to add fat. We need to balance those carbs with something else. Carbs aren't bad. It's just carbs eaten alone are terrible for PCOS. <laughs> I love this so much. And also we definitely want to link your freebie in this show notes because I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but balancing your plate is like the core principle. I mean, yes, right? Yep. Okay. So, okay. So waffles aren't bad, but let's add some peanut butter. Let's add some protein and fat. So basically balancing your carbs, your protein and fat with every meal, right? Every time you sit down, build a balanced plate, try to think about how you can add more veggies, non-starchy veggies. How can we add the fat with olive oil, avocado, coconut, whatever you want to do. But how can you change that plate as opposed to what your brain tells you, which is, I just want to eat the waffle. I just want the waffle. It's Saturday morning. I want waffle. So you have to sort of say to yourself, I want waffle, but if I have half the waffle, not the full one, but half and put peanut butter on top of it and then add berries to it and then, you know, maybe add some full fat butter, try to change it to where it's a better balance, then your blood sugar won't spike really high, which then causes your insulin to be released. And then you constantly have this worsening of your insulin resistance. So how can we change each, each meal? So it's not about taking away all this stuff. It's about changing it to where it works for your body and for you. And then part of that too, is also learning what works for you and your body. Because there's some things that I can eat and I know as soon as I eat them, I'm like ready to go eat all the chocolate in the house, like some foods that don't work for me or like, you know, certain foods that make me want to eat things I don't want to eat. And so I have to sort of figure out those foods with time as to what works well for my body. And you can do this in a much more complicated way. You can get a continuous blood glucose, like a CGM. There's a million of them now on the market. And those are great because they give you good information, but they're expensive. So you can also just, if you don't have that uh, resource, then you can just go from a, a build a balanced plate concept. And in that uh, freebie too, it, it has, I did a five day meal plan as just an example of what people can eat, but it, it really talks about trying to build that balanced plate on every meal. I just love this approach so much because, and one of the, one of the women I was talking about my team is uh, she's an eating psychology coach. And so we approach this similarly, which is like, how can we get you out of inflammation? Because honestly, every single client that is coming to me is inflamed in some way. How can we get you out of inflammation without triggering dieting behavior? Because so many of the women coming in are dealing with chronic diet culture, binge eating, you know, all these things. And so we have to figure out 
where is this middle ground that we can still improve health and lower inflammation, balance blood sugar, but not trigger restrictive eating and binge cycle because that's never going to be the answer. I love this so much. Well, we'll definitely link your nutrition plan for PCOS in the show notes because everyone needs to get their hands on this. Yeah. And I, and I eat dairy-free, gluten-free because that's what works for me, but I don't tell clients and patients they have to eat dairy-free, gluten-free. I have 12 years dairy-free, gluten-free. So I know what products are good and what products taste terrible. And I can give you way more information than you want to know, but I think it's not for me, that's what works, but I know for other people, that's what drives me crazy in the online space is that all the media influencers, the people who are just like, no dairy-free, gluten-free. It's like, that's not, there's no science. I've looked it up. There is no science behind everybody who has PCOS needs to be off of dairy-free, gluten-free. There is science between dairy being inflammatory for sure, but not specifically in PCOS women across the board. So, you know, it, it drives me crazy when this sort of says like, everybody has to do this. It's like, that's that whole cookie cutter approach, which I think is wrong. You have to pick what works for that particular person. I agree with you. And I find probably 90% of my clients, I mean, it's a pretty high number can't really do gluten. That seems at least in the States, it seems like the processing here, unless they find a really good, like sourdough, or it really seems to be high here for inflammation. And that seems to be gluten. I'm super sensitive to it. It's like off the charts on my food sensitivity tests. Like every time I check, like, is it, is it healed yet? It's brain fog and it's fatigue for me for, for gluten and for dairy. I'm like lactose intolerant, casein intolerant and everything intolerant. But I find that that's a lower number. I mean, I find that some people can tolerate dairy, especially if it's full fat or raw or, you know, Greek yogurts and stuff like that, they seem to do okay. Some people or goat's cheese, like I can do goat and I don't have a problem. So everyone is, is very individual. And I would also say, and you probably see this too, like when you work on your, I mean, a huge part of my, my program is working on your gut health. When you work on your gut health, all of a sudden you can introduce foods again. Like I used to not be able to do any sort of dairy, but now I can do goat's cheese. And I love that. You got it. Yeah, so it's, it's not set in stone. It's not a death sentence, right? Of like, oh my gosh, you can never have this ever again. Yeah. No, 12 years later, I mean, I can have like really nice cheese, you know, in the nice section of the cheese, like not the processed stuff that you put in your grilled cheese, yeah. but like <laughs> the good stuff, like from Trader Joe's and the good side, like I can eat that yeah. European cheeses and stuff. No problems. But yeah, I can't eat the craft sliced cheese. Cause that's break out like a 14 year old girl. So it's terrible. So yeah, it's different. But I I have a freedom from PCOS 12 week. I called it a program when I was coaching, but this will be actually be a medical program. And that's what it is. Each week is on different things. So I address gut health. I address exercise. I address stress. We address sleep. We address that. There's three modules in diet because it's so important to talk about the difference between carbs and how to make a macro count for your carbs. And then to talk about sugar control, blood glucose control, and how can we change that or figure out if we have a problem with that. And so it's really kind of like that. It goes through a whole, and circadian rhythm talking about light. What is, what does the rhythm circadian rhythm have anything to do with PCOS? Like there's a whole module on that because people don't know about that. And it's really important to put that in there. So it's this 12 week program all about trying to help people kind of stepwise through Mm. picking their, in the end, their roadmap. That's what they got as a personalized roadmap to go forth and do what they need to do after that timeframe. 
I love this. this is perfect. It's so perfect because then they get to choose and they have the information and then they get to try things on and see how they feel after. Mm-hmm. You mentioned circadian rhythm. Let's maybe end with, with a little bit about circadian rhythm because it is so important. And I remember reading PCOS SOS as I look up at it in my bookshelf and thinking, okay, wow, this is amazing. I mean, we, we learn about sleep and circadian rhythm and melatonin cortisol in school. But like when you kind of think about it for PCOS, it really comes home to roost. So women with PCOS have trouble sleep with sleep um, a lot of the time. Can you tell the audience what we're talking about with circadian rhythm? Because they might have not even know what that is. And then why is it so important for women to, with PCOS to be in alignment with their circadian rhythm? This is all new. This is on the forefront of how to treat women with PCOS. We always knew, right, that women with PCOS have problems. They can't go to sleep. They're just sitting there, can't go to sleep, can't go to sleep. They wake up four o'clock in the morning and they're like, okay, now what do I do? Like have these issues with sleep where they're more reliant. They have more anxiety and depression than, than women without. They have more issues with sleep problems, sleep disorders. And so we never really put a name to it or knew what it was about, just knew that this was kind of an issue that women have more vitamin D deficiencies than women without. So it's kind of interesting that all of those symptoms that we knew about for a long time, we didn't really have a name for it or understand it. And so what's coming out now is to understand circadian rhythm. So the normal 24 hour clock, right? The master clock that we have that controls a lot of our hormones, the 24 hour clock really affects how our hormones are produced and how they function, how they signal to each other what to do. And so women with PCOS, we know that by definition, that's sort of a hormone dysfunction, right? You can, I don't like to call it a hormone disorder because as we know, it's a metabolic problem. It's an endocrine problem. It's it's like in every category, right? (laughs) Because estrogen is in every cell in our body. So it's an everything disorder. An everything we, disorder. I like, I like that. True. I think that's probably how. Think disorder, yes. I'm sure that's also how women with PCOS probably feel. Like, this is not just about my ovaries. This is my whole body. The whole body, yeah. And so we have to think about the circadian rhythm, the 24-hour master clock, day, night, and how do we use that to our advantage to heal ourselves? So we have to... From a, from a holistic standpoint, you want to think about how does that affect my gut and my gut health? There's times the bacteria in your gut have to rest and times that they're working. So that needs to be in sync with what the 24-hour clock is. There's times when melatonin release, it tells us it's time to go to bed. We need to have that in sync. If you are taking, you know, I've had patients who have told me, oh, I took melatonin at one o'clock in the morning to go to bed. I'm like, that's totally against what you're supposed to be doing because melatonin is the hormone in your body that normally says it's time to go to bed. And there's a normal peak that is relative to the 24 hour clock outside. And so if you're not working with that peak, then you might as well take a sleeping pill. It's going to work just the same. I mean, Ambien will work better, you know? Uh, I completely agree with you. I, I, I like taking melatonin when you travel across time zones, because if you're kind of like, where's my body in time, you can take it with that circadian rhythm and that right timing to really help you to reset with where you are at in the world at that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, taking it just randomly at one o'clock in the morning, we kind of missed the window there. <laughs> the window. And, you know, it, it, this is all about the habits that I was talking about of understanding a regular routine of when do you go to bed? When do you wake up? Let's set a schedule. Let's sync it to that clock 
to know so that your body knows like, oh, yep, Dr. Jen's going to go to bed at 10 because she does every day. And then she's going to wake up at 530 because that's what she does. And it's just much better for your body to heal and to work better if it has a set time. And there's sort of more a complex layer when we talk about cycle syncing and the infraradian rhythm and sort of the idea of like, do women also have a second clock that's a 24-hour clock and a monthly clock? Like there's sort of much more detail that can go into that. And that science is a little bit less clear, but certainly I think there's great information about that. But in general, like if you ignore it and you just kind of, it doesn't matter if, if someone gave you every medication and supplement there is for PCOS, if your clock is all over the place, you're never going to get better. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Yeah, I can't agree more with you. I mean, yes, absolutely. It's so important to get good sleep. And it's been one of the harder things for me. I'll be honest. I always like to share just like where I'm at with the process of my health journey. And I I was in theater and I was in events. So I was always getting home at like one, two o'clock in the morning. And it was just two or three weeks ago, we were in Guatemala for a women's leadership retreat. And we were talking about me not going to sleep early enough. And I'm like, yeah, I just can't go to sleep before 1130. Like, I just can't. Like, it just doesn't happen. It's just, and she's like, well, no, you can. <laughs> You're just not giving your body the opportunity. I was like, no, no, like, I'm just not tired. Like, I'm just weird. And I knew in my heart that that wasn't real. Right. And then of course, like in Guatemala, I mean, yeah, we had access to our phones, but none of us were on our phones because we were, you know, engaging with each other and it was dark and, you know, good lighting without, you know, um, blue light and it's dark everywhere in the valley. And so you're just kind of like, well, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm tired now. It's 9.30. It's 10 o'clock. It's 10.30. You know, I'm, I'm ready for sleep. And so when I came back, I said to my fiance, because he's a really bad night owl, like, 20 try 25 years as an actor like really bad and I'm like look I am going to bed before 11 like that is happening so like we're shifting this and I've been pretty consistent there's been like three nights when I haven't done that in the past two weeks but it's going really well and I feel so much better I know it's hard and I think that's what we're all we're both saying you know Dr. Rollins and I are saying the same thing is you got to identify what are your habit things that are challenging for you and then how can you kind of make those shifts to see if they make you feel better. And we're all on the journey together. And that's one of the beautiful things about being in community with women with hormone stuff going on. We're all trying to work towards the same goal. I had one client who just told me the same thing. She's like, I cannot go to bed. And I said, well, I'm going to challenge you to go camping. I want you to go camping for three straight nights without your phone. And if you are still up till one o'clock in the morning and you're camping, then we need to have a conversation. Yeah, she did. And she was like, God, I was honestly, I was like ready at eight o'clock. I'm like, I know because that's actually the, what our bodies were meant to do. We, you know, before we had our phone that we would sit on until two o'clock in the morning, like people were working and then it got dark, it started to get dark. They ate their dinner. They went to bed. I mean, so if you go camping for three days and you were still up till two o'clock in the morning with your own body, there's something going on in your body that needs to be addressed. Yeah you naturally will like go, Oh, it's starting to get dark. Your body will like have that 35 minute sunset and go, okay, I'm getting tired. It's time to move on. So it's an, it's like almost a natural ambient to try and see. It is. <laughs> and I love camping and being in nature is another way to kind of reset your circadian rhythm, put your feet in the ground, you know, really get back to mother earth. Where am I in the world right now? Oh, it's sleepy time. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. That's the first thing I talk about in all my programs is I want you to get outside within one hour of waking up. Yes. Oh, that's so, so important. I wake my children up and I take my cup of coffee and I sit outside 
and I, you know, I'm outside for my 30 minutes and the, and the other bonus is I don't have to listen to them grumbling because I'm outside mm-hmm. <laughs> about getting awake. <laughs> yes. You're a mom of four kiddos. Is that right? Yes. So oh yes, gosh. there's a lot of grumbling about waking up. So I'm like, Oh, I'm just outside listening to the birds. Like I don't hear any of it. It's great. <laughs> I know. I love that. That's, that's great. And, and you guys can't see this, but I'm like sitting right by my window still. I'm getting more like sunlight through the screen, but it's, it's important to go outside and get, actually get your direct sunlight. Um, so I love this. Well, I know that there are just a million more tips I'm sure that you could share with us about women with PCOS. I think this has been really great because it just shows how you can really holistically support women with PCOS and would love to encourage people to reach out to you. So how can people reach out to you? Do they have to live in LA to work with you or to buy your courses? Like tell us a little bit more about how people can, can work with you and get support. So my website is wellwoman. It's W-O-M-A-N-M-D.com. I'm on Instagram, same thing, same handle, wellwomanmd. And what I have is I have courses that you, it's not state specific. So you don't have to be a patient. Anybody can purchase the Thrive with PCOS course, or I have a clean eating course uh, for women who want to get started on just kind of eating a little bit better. And then I do offer telemedicine visits for those that live in California and Missouri, because I'm state licensed in California, Missouri, through the website. And those are, you just go through there and you'll be able to link to how to become a patient. So I have a membership and then I have that 12 week program that I was telling you about that's specific for PCOS patients. Well, great. So we'll link your freebie and your courses and your website and everything into the show notes so people can easily find you. And um, thank you so much, Dr. Rollins, for being on the show and sharing your amazing self-learned knowledge about PCOS with us. And if you want to learn about all kinds of cool health and wellness, I do have that podcast, Ignite Your Power. Oh, yes. Oh, perfect. So people, if they want to just hear about other information about just interesting stuff in the health and wellness field from female entrepreneurs. So if you're interested in listening. I'm definitely going to be a subscriber. Thank you for reminding us of that. And we'll try to link that as well into the show notes. Thank Thank you. you so much. All right, everybody, we will see you in a couple weeks for our next episode. And until then, you know where to reach me. My DMs are always open at She Talks Health on Instagram. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.